Hello and welcome. I'm Jody Carlson and your host today. I'm neurotypical, which means I'm not autistic, but I've spent my entire life in relationships loving people who are autistic. Moreover, I've spent the majority of my career educating about autism and helping couples bridge the gap in neurodiverse relationships. But this podcast is for you. It's a place to talk with me, to share your struggles, talk to me about your wins, your challenges, your victories, and also hear from other professionals who really get it and understand you. So what will we talk about today? Welcome to episode five as we are closing out our first month of the Your Neurodiverse Relationship podcast. I am so happy to report that we have had such a successful launch of the podcast and I'm so glad that so many of you are benefiting and are enjoying this podcast. As of today, as of right now, between our all the platforms where the, the podcast is broadcasting and our YouTube channel, we've had over 700 downloads and views, and I've had such amazing feedback. People are telling me that they're listening, they're watching, and they are really enjoying this podcast. So those of you who have already been guests, thank you for sharing your stories. And I just want to remind you that this is your neurodiverse relationship podcast and I want you to talk I want you to join me and talk to me. So if you're enjoying this and you you're interested in sharing your own story, please schedule a time to talk to me and you can do this by uh, checking the description and there's a link there where you can you can submit a guest request and my, my assistant will reach out to you and we'll schedule a time for you to talk to me and we'll share your story with the world. Some of the people that you've been listening to have been clients of mine already, but that's not a requirement at all. And, and I'd, I'd love to chat with you, even if you just want to sh- share your story with us. So today I'm going to uh, replay actually a, uh, an interview I did with some clients of mine, Matt and Jen. And this is, has been on YouTube, but there are lots of you who never saw that interview. And so I'm going to replay uh, that for you today. And so we're going to break this into two different episodes because it's kind of a long interview. And when they first came to me, they were really struggling considering divorce. And so they have really, really turned their relationship around and they talk about where they were when they first came. And, and so many of you are going to relate to their story. And then in part two, which is going to air in two weeks, they're going to talk about the tools and strategies that they continue to use and how their relationship is really working. And it's just going to be so encouraging for all of you because a lot of you are going to going to really recognize yourselves in their story. And I think you're going to hear a lot of inspiration and hope in what they have to say. Okay, so let's just start. I'm so excited to talk to you guys. Um, it's been, I think we said, uh, about a year since I worked with you guys and you went through my private intensive, but then also the communication program, which is now called Crack the Communication Code. Let me show everybody that's the link to it. So I asked um, Matt and Jen to come chat with me um, about their journey and to just talk a bit about where they were when they first came to me and what that was like going through that. The private intensive was, is a I can't remember if you guys did eight weeks or three months, but, um, some people start at most, most people start it at eight weeks now, and then we add on a month or so if they need that. But, um, anyway, so let's just start with, uh, what brought you guys to me? Do you, do you remember how you even found 
Me? I found you. You did. <clears throat> I found okay. you. Yes. Yes. I was doing all the research at the time, trying to fix everything. And, and thankfully I found you. Um, yeah. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure we did the, the, um, it twice. Didn't we? Yeah, we did it twice. We did it twice. Yeah. I remember that now you did. You went through the intensive twice. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's talk about what it was, you know, Jen, you said you were trying to fix the problems. What is it that if you think back, what was going on and what, what were you looking for? I mean, what was, what was going on that prompted you to try to figure out and, and fix it? Well, during that time, Matt and I had, <clears throat> excuse me, during that time, Matt and I had both gone through some significant loss. He lost his grandfather and I lost my mom. And um, so it was hard for both of us. And we were trying to communicate to each other in our own ways. And it wasn't working because we weren't, he wasn't seeing my view and I wasn't seeing his view. And so we were going through a lot at the time. Um, and we, I think we both had, uh, we, we had a, what we thought what a, what a perfect marriage would look like. We both wanted that. We both desperately wanted it. We both came from not the greatest upbringings, not terrible, but not the greatest. And we both didn't want that. So we were both trying to avoid that. But with that said, um, I had my things that I needed to work on, but I didn't know it. And so with the passing of our people, like, we were at that point, you know, it was our breaking point basically to where we were trying so hard at this and it wasn't working and we were both exhausted and tired. Um, so that's when I reached out to you because I, I thought to myself, I was like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. And unfortunately, Divorce, divorce. it came to mind, but I didn't want a divorce. I wanted it to stop. I wanted this cycle to stop. And I never once wanted to leave him because he's my best friend. Um, and, but I didn't know what to do. You know, I knew there were issues, but I just didn't know what to do. I want to, uh, before I uh, give you a chance to kind of add to that, Matt, I want to just mention that, you know, you, you said you both had been through some pretty major losses and you were really struggling to understand each other. And that is that is a, a, that's something that I see quite a bit where couples can be sort of trucking along and um, maybe maybe struggling a, a bit. But then when something big happens like that, then then there are just no tools there to to. And then the misunderstandings just skyrocket. And that's when it just really starts to unravel. Um so anyway, let me let me turn that over to you, Matt. What do you remember about that time period and and how this all how you when when you got to me where you were? Yeah, yeah, right. So <clears throat> I think and I think you kind of touched on it there too. Was there were all sorts of things still going on, um, like issues that would be uh, well not talked about. I mean, she would discuss them. Talking wasn't really part of the thing, but. Uh, like the same issues would come up over and over again. And I would think that they would be handled and then come up again. Um, which I just thought was, was part of the relationship um, up until, like she said, 
um, my grandfather and her mom passed and then it just it seemed like there was no, uh, uh, I guess, resolving any of it, even even for a, a short period of time. So just got to the point to where we were both very miserable, probably. Yeah. yeah, we were sad and miserable and exhausted. Yeah, exhausted. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Right. You said that talking wasn't really a, a thing. So what do you, can you tell me more? What do you mean by that? When you said, you know, things would come up, but talking about it wasn't yeah. really a thing. Well, um, so from my point of view during that time, it was uh, the thing, whatever it was, would be, she would bring it up. She would explain you know, how she felt and what was going on. And I would try to resolve that. Um, and I, in my mind, that was, hey, let's resolve it, let's fix it, be done with it. And I, I would have thought that that would have, like after me fixing it, um, we're done. Why well, talk about it again? And then it would come up again. Right. Because it wasn't really resolved. You know what the funny thing is, if you don't mind me bumping in. Oh yeah. Um, I actually wrote this down. Um, what, what we no longer do, what we were doing at that point in time, we no longer try and control or want, uh, want each other to conform, to conform to each other's views, but we accept and try to seek understanding. We now have the freedom to be just us two individuals with two different views. And because of that, we have, I, I don't know, love and more respect for each other. So beforehand, I was trying to have him conform into the way I feel. And he was trying to do the same. He's like, this is all finished. This is done. But I'm like, no, it's not. We got to continue. And we were just continuously trying to control each other and how we view life. And it wasn't working. You know, and that is such a huge thing that people do. And we, we go into the, to our relationship and then and that, that whole communication piece let's start with, you know, what you bring to it. And, and you, you mentioned your, your, your past, your childhood and you, Jen, you said something about expectations and that's, you know, we bring into our relationship, what we expect from our partner, what we expect from ourselves, how we're going to show up and how we're going to do things, how we're going to do life, how we're going to communicate. And then when that starts to fall apart, uh, what you just said, we were like, we go into like convincing mode and, you know, well, I need to, you need to see how good, what, you know, what I, <laughs> what the way I'm doing this, is what makes sense. you know, this makes sense and you need to understand, or, you know, you need to understand me and why I'm, you know, so we just, and then, then we end up in that boxing ring, you know, where we're, we're opponents instead of mm. partners. And that's such a common thing in all relationships, not just neurodiverse. That's a dynamic that happens when people start hitting those differences. But what you just said is so key. When you start to realize, okay, I am me, you are you. And it's not my, I, I, it's not for me to convince you to be more like me, but to see you, know you, and for you to see me and know me, and then accept and acknowledge that we're not going to be the same. And then that's kind of where the deal breakers come in. You know, that two or 10 scale um, where you, you figure out what's really important here versus what can we let go? Yeah. So before we go into kind of what, you know, some of the, you know, how, how, what you remember going through the program that like the big moments that were like, Oh, um, let's talk a little bit about neurodiversity and how that 
first kind of became, you know, got made it to your radar, you know, when you're like, wait a minute, we're dealing with some neurodiversity here. What, what, what prompted that? Um, so we, prior to you, we had uh, reached out to a therapist, just a regular therapist. No, she, she was a, she was a neurodiverse therapist. Was she? Yes, okay. She was. Oh, which might, might, may have been the reason. I for... reached out to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cause we, I mean, we, we had tried before you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that didn't work out. But part of what she had suggested was me looking into Asperger's and whether that was something that might have fit um, me and, and how I, uh, yeah. So basically just if it fit me, um, I did, did that research. I uh, contacted, you know, my mother kind of talked through some things about my earlier childhood where I had uh, been diagnosed ADHD um, which I, I wasn't aware of. She didn't relay that information to me. You know, I guess she it wasn't a big deal. I was a functioning adult. <laughs> what did it matter? Um, but yeah, between that and kind of her explaining more about how I acted then and how I act and, you know, uh, do things now, it really just fit. So that's how I came about it. So it was a professional that kind of tipped you off in the beginning um, so what are some of the, the traits and characteristics that resonated with you, Matt? Um, so very black and white, um, which I know is kind of a, or can be a, a, a dude thing, but, um, even, even when compared to the, the other guys at the shop that I work at, um, it's just very logical for me. Um, and emotion is not there at all sometimes uh and and um there were some tests that i think you had pointed us to for uh kind of evaluating that on a a numerical scale and it was very low if not altogether not there so the emotion Um, yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so uh that, that that was probably a big one um a lot of the other things are probably ADHD, OC, a little OCD, um, but just all together adding up to, yeah, probably uh, have Asperger's. So. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> a lot of folks do get that ADHD diagnosis first. And so, and, it, and it, oftentimes it's because providers don't recognize really high functioning autism. Yeah. And I think, I, I mean, I'm 32. So during that point in time, it wasn't really... Mm-hmm even getting ADHD was probably new to them. So. Kind of on the, the leading edge of this whole, and, and a lot of folks consider ADHD part of the, the term neurodiverse. And I, I wouldn't really disagree with that. Um, there is, there are, it's, it's kind of like, I, I, I know I've probably told you guys, there's the sensory processing issues that we see uh, oftentimes, well, really all the time, there's some degree of sensory processing mm-hmm. um, in autism, but you can have sensory processing issues and not be autistic. Uh, the same with ADHD. We pretty much the, the concentration and focus and uh, the executive functioning difficulties that we see in ADHD, we absolutely see that in Asperger's and the autism spectrum. But you can have those in ADHD without being on the spectrum. So, uh, yeah, I and I forgot important. about the sensory processing. Uh, I mean, actually, I think during one of our sessions with you, it was. 
Um, she had like sprayed me with some water just because she was playing and it like took me off. I got upset and yeah, that wasn't a fun time, but kind of brought it to light. But yeah, that was a thing. Um, and I mean, I don't, I don't particularly like light touch. So, mm-hmm. um, which is good to know because so you know, know. it lets her know that I'm not trying to push her away when she's just trying to, you know. Effective work on your neurodiverse relationship can't start with pointing at any one person as the problem. Instead, if you really want to transform your communication and create the relationship fulfillment that you really deserve, you have to find out how different you are from one another, not how any one partner is different from the world. So in my comprehensive relationship evaluation, I actually assess both partners and we look at traits of autism, executive functioning, sensory processing, and your overall relationship health. So take your first step to get major relationship insight and figure out where to go from here. You can book your consultation with me today. The link is in the description. Yeah, I remember you all, uh, there was a story about laying in the grass um, yeah. in the backyard. Can you, do you, you guys mind sharing that? You remember? Oh, Jen, yeah, no, talking um, about- I, I really enjoy being outside and being in the outdoors and, and his presence. And so, um, just like you know I, I asked him I was like can we just go out and sit and like be together and um and that's I guess that's when we were when it was brought to light that it's uncomfortable for him but I didn't know it at the time so of course I took it as if he doesn't want to spend time with us yeah I think we actually our family. Did, did go try I mean and we just sat we didn't have blankets or anything right right because it was impromptu uh so yeah, we just kind of went out and sat on the grass, um, which then I moved oh, yes. and was jittery the whole yeah. entire time. And then you, then you went just, inside. Yeah, just very like, quickly got up this. and left. So. And when you yeah. don't know, and when yeah. he doesn't know, how is he supposed to communicate that, you know? And so, Well, and then, nice you know, and so, yes. So this is where that interpretation of meaning really... <laughs> has causes so much distress and misunderstanding and confusion in relationships because for you, Jen, he's just leaving and not wanting to hang out with you and not, you're not knowing, you're not realizing that the feel of the grass to Matt is really, really uncomfortable. And, and Matt on your side of it, it's one of those things that if you don't, your frame of reference is that this is uncomfortable. And to you, it's surely everybody feels this too. You know, it's like, I, we, we all just kind of, assume that other people feel and experience the same thing we do. So why would you need to communicate that? You know, maybe Jen can just, t- you know, maybe I don't know why Jen doesn't like the feel of this because it's horrible. <laughs> you know, but I'm not, you know, so we don't even know to say it out loud to our partner that this is uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there was an, another story I remember where it, it came up that it was also uncomfortable, Matt, because of the sensory discomfort you have for you to even see your daughter be messy. And, and there was a story, I think when, when she was playing in the Creek and yeah. that was really there uncomfortable were, yeah. for you. There, there were a lot of things going on with, with that particular one. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to, where do you want me? Okay. Um, so we, we went out with some friends. Um, they were uh, doing a barbecue next to the, the river and but it was a rainy day um so i brought extra clothes um you know i brought rain gear 
so prepared <laughs> and and everything um with us because i knew what was going to happen and i knew it was cold there as well um but uh jen still wanted to go swimming with sky so they brought their swimsuits i that was not something i was going to do so anyway they they did they went they swam um and coming back obviously very money it was raining and and everything was dirty um so then sky and jen were dirty um and sky was at that point upset because she was cold and, yeah. and wet so getting her changed but during that process of getting her changed uh and not me i wasn't touching her <laughs> um <laughs> in the process of jen changing sky uh in the truck truck got dirty um some of the clean clothes were again messied uh, messy does that even word we're messed up and we're wet um so in just the whole experience of her being muddy the truck now being muddy her being upset jen now getting upset because i'm frustrated at the whole situation um yeah not a funding and then you know obviously that was upsetting her as well because i was being uh can i say i was being a dick <laughs> you just did <laughs> it's fine i mean you yeah, i mean you had the, the ability yeah. to cut that out if you need to but yeah i was i was being um you just you just shut down yeah that's when i that's whenever he has a moment like where he's overwhelmed he just shuts down it's not necessarily yeah, he has a little bit of TV, but he shut down. Understandably so. What, and what do you lot. remember? Yeah, Jen, what do you remember about that experience from your perspective? From my perspective, okay, so I love to live. I love to experience life. And we, we go down there. It's cold, a little bit cold, right? But it's beautiful. And um, it smells great. Like all of my senses are just enjoying this moment and swimming in the creek when it's cold heck yes why not you know you don't experience that all the time and and it was stunning there was fog everywhere and sky wanted to do it so i wanted her to experience it from my perspective it's beautiful yes a little cold yes you're getting muddy but it's worth it um <laughs> So we go down to the to the water and Sky's giggling. She's loving every moment of it. And even in the water, even though it's cold, she loves it and it's gorgeous. Um, but when we got when we were going back to it, poor thing fell in the mud. And that's when like it went south quick. Um, she didn't she didn't like the mud on her body like that. So um, so yes, yes, there was a lot, and I understand his perspective. <laughs> especially now, but like going into it, I'm just like, let's live, you know, let's experience life together and make these memories. Uh, but yeah, his, his truck got a little dirty. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And so in that moment, you say, you said he shut down. What did that look like? He literally just went into the truck and shut the door and was just, no longer present yeah. and just done. Yeah. Yeah. I had to done. step away. Yeah. Um, and even when I got over that and it took a little bit, maybe 30 minutes or so, I think I listened to music in the truck. 
but even after I got done with that and came back out to, I still wasn't like fully there as I had been prior to um, probably a little bit of guilty there, but eh, I mean, we got over it. Yeah, we did. We, we, we got over it. We learned. Yes, we did. But yeah, I mean, so. So what I, I, I'm try, I think you guys were working with me when that happened or was that before? I think so actually. Yeah. yeah. I think you were working with me. And I remember that, that being something you brought in. And, and so what was it that was different for you then? Like, how would you have interpreted that before, Jen? And Matt, you too. Mm-hmm. And then what do you remember about how we, we talked you through that? <laughs> um, so the way I, I <coughs> sorry, what I did was I got a little huffy puffy ever so slightly and hurt. But beforehand, I think I would have cried. Like it would have hurt. What would the meaning have been to you? Maybe. And I love the truck more than you. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like that was things were the cleanliness of it all was more important than the experience of our daughter. Like I didn't. And I guess myself too, but I was really wanting to do all of this for her because <laughs> mm-hmm. also I was enjoying it too, but th- that was more important than, than mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And what was the meaning that you ended up with? Yes. Oh, after like speaking to you, I got a better perspective of his, his side of everything. And, and it wasn't just that it was, oh, <laughs> there there's he, his, his side of it means just as much as my side of it like we were both going through this situation and it wasn't just my you know perspective did it feel personal still during it not as much Mm -hmm. because we we were going through we were with you at the time so i think it was still kind of early on it it was it was we were still very much learning and new to it yeah. yeah, and see, that's the thing in the beginning, especially when when people are still learning. I, I tell folks, look, you're still going to do this. This is still going to happen. The same dynamics, the same meanings, the same misunderstandings are, are going to happen. But what you can do now is is you're able, you're starting to raise that awareness, and after the fact, you can go back and say, "Oh, I see what happened yeah. there." We got really good at that. Yeah, I mean, because obviously we still mess up and things still happen and in awesome. the moment is still in the moment. It's kind yeah. of hard to think it all through there, but I mean, we don't, we don't blow up anymore. It's, it's straight to like, what did you mean yeah. when you said this clarification clarification, and then the solution, how can we fix this? Yeah. Hard. So that was kind of one of my next, you guys are just leading right into one of my next <laughs> things I wanted to ask is, you know, what are some of the new tools? So let's talk about that some more and ex- expand on that a little bit and, and tell people what kind of, um, what kind of things, you know, have come up and then how do you, what tools are you using? How are you, uh, what's different now about how you interact when something ha- comes up between you? Please start with kindness. And we're going to end there for today's episode. To hear the rest of my chat with Matt and Jen, tune in two weeks from today. Also remember that this podcast is for you, and I would like to talk to you about your own experiences in your neurodiverse relationships. To be a guest on the show, check the podcast description for a link to submit your guest request. Let's talk soon. Until next time.